Olivia, you want to do the honors? We have a special yes. guest here today. Yes, I'm so excited. We have Stelina from Tweet Dreams with us today. Um, Stelina and I met when I was trying to get Rocco to sleep through the night. Um, I was returning back to work soon. He was almost four months, and I was absolutely desperate. Um, I wouldn't say Rocco was a bad sleeper, but I needed a consolidated full night's sleep. So I called in the big guns and Stelina has her hands full. She has a set of twin girls who are two and a half and she has a 13 month old little boy. So she's got three under two, which is absolutely crazy. I'm sorry, three under three. I used to have three under two. Yeah, three under three. And it was that for six months. Oh my God. Yeah, that's (laughs) crazy. Like how, like give us... First, let's just start off before we get into the sleep. For twin moms, expecting to be twin moms, like what is your one piece or how many pieces do you have of advice for twin moms? Sure. So for twin moms, I want to say in the beginning, don't stress yourself out, okay? Don't stress yourself out over sleep, over feeding. Um, You know, just try to focus on healing yourself first. After that, I want you to focus on sleep, right? (laughs) So um, for twins, you know, we always want to make sure that they're in separate sleep spaces. We want to get them on a schedule as soon as possible. Um, You know, it's really important for twin moms to have both babies on the same schedule. And it's not really something you think about when you have one baby, right? Because Mm -hmm. you just have a schedule. But twins are different people, right? So it takes time. It takes a lot of energy. But, you know, once they hit that four-month mark, um, you can really work on, you know, teaching them those independent sleep skills that are just so, so important when it comes to twins, right? Yeah. So I guess that would go into my first question is at what age can you start sleep training? Sure. So sleep training is kind of like an umbrella term, right? Um, There's a lot of stuff out there on the internet. So I just want to like kind of say what sleep training is. Yes. Yes, yes. What it is, is just teaching your baby twins, toddlers, independent sleep skills, right? So what that means is we want them sleeping through the night, consolidated night sleep. So that's, you know, 10 to 12 hours of sleep, you know, depending on age. And just um, so when they have a normal biological waking, they will not call out for you and they'll be able to just have those skills to like fall right back to sleep, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So what age could you sleep train, right? And sleep train, I like have a love-hate relationship with this term, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, you know, sleep train, whatever. It's so controversial. I feel like it's yeah. a very controversial term and some people either love it or hate it. It is. And you have to be like careful when you talk about it too, because you, you just want to be sure what you're saying when you say sleep train, right? So sleep training is teaching independent sleep skills. And I really like to use the term like sleep guidance, mm-hmm. sleep coaching. So I'm a sleep consultant. So I'm there to help you get your baby sleeping through the night so your baby can sleep better and so can you, right? Mm -hmm. So back to when can you start? So formal sleep training, okay? We don't wanna start any of that before 16 weeks, okay? Like using a method and going through all that. We don't wanna start that before 16 weeks because you can't sleep train a newborn, right guys? Like we've all had newborns, (laughs) like they have different needs. Um, They need to be fed. Yep. They need to be fed every two to three hours. It is completely normal for newborns to wake up in the middle of the night. It's completely normal to be feeding them at night. Um, 
But with that being said, like you can always work on, you know, starting a routine, like mm-hmm. a loose routine yeah. um, with kids, mm-hmm. you know, right when you get home from the hospital, if you wanted to, you know, don't stress yourself out. But if you wanted to do that, you could like work on basic skills. But to is that what you question, did with the twins earlier on? Did you start getting them kind of in a routine and everything before the So I definitely did, um, for sure. But you know, I was a first time mom too, guys. So I'm not gonna like (laughs) sit here and be like, oh yeah, I knew like totally what I was doing. Like I really didn't. Yeah. So let's back up to (laughs) that actually. So you you were a first time mom, and what were you doing for work then? Sure. What's your background? Um, when I was pregnant with the twins, it was the pandemic, which was um kind of a blessing in disguise for me, honestly, because I was working from home. And I got pregnant with the twins um, right when the pandemic started. So it was like my whole pregnancy was like working from home. And I'm so thankful for that because I was working in Boston at a private equity firm. So I was taking the train every single day. Um, Yeah, it was a lot. I was commuting, you know, I think my train was at like 6.50 in the morning. And then I wouldn't get home till like 6, 6.30. Um, So super happy to be like working from home during that time. so yeah, I got pregnant with the twins and my twins came early. Most twins do come yeah. early. So I had like a, a pretty good pregnancy, you know, all things considering. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my water just broke at 34 weeks. Wow. 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 I never hear that except for Liz. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. born in 34 weeks. Oh, see, yeah. you turned wow. out okay. Um, yeah, so my water just broke in the middle of the night. It was so weird. Um, I woke up my husband and, uh, you know, he was like, no this is not happening. Like go back to bed. (laughs) Like you're crazy. And I'm like, no, like I think I've never been pregnant or like had my water break, but I'm pretty sure like this is it. So we like rush over there. And, um, when you are like having twins and I can only say this because I had twins and a singleton baby, you're like kind of treated like royalty. Really? Yes. Because it's like a high risk pregnancy. There's so much more going on. Like it's two babies guys. Like seriously, like so much can, I don't want to be negative, but so much can go wrong in like a singleton pregnancy. Think about two babies, right? Wow. So I walk in at like 5am and I was like, I'm having twins. It's 34 weeks. (laughs) And they're like, okay, just come back here. So I was like, um, hooked up to the monitor right away and they were like yep your water broke I looked at my husband I was like yep it happens and your (laughs) husband's a doctor yes right he is but he's still a guy yes (laughs) (laughs) um you know he was I think he was just trying to like make me not be as anxious too you know like I was already like so anxious being pregnant and having twins and yeah do twins run in your family no uh, no they don't so yeah it was kind of just like how it happened for me and um I wasn't expecting to have twins by any means but like totally welcomed um amazing like so awesome right so yeah they were came at 34 weeks and um you know 32 weeks is like a really big milestone for I think all pregnancies but like twin pregnancies for sure because Mm -hmm. that's when the lung maturity you know they can kind of say like the lungs are mature enough to like survive Mm -hmm. um so I felt like okay knowing that the doctors were like super reassuring um, they took me back immediately for the C-section. Um, I had a great experience with the C-section. I know you had a C-section, right, yep. Libby? So yeah, it was, it was fine. Um, I just like to mention this cause it's a fun fact. So I had twin girls on March 8th, which is international women's day. Oh my oh, God. Yay. Yay. And awesome. I was in an operating room full of women. Okay. Wow. Like, before my wow. husband came in, it was all women. Um, they, they brought it up to me cause I didn't even know what day it was. Honestly, guys. <laughs> I, I, Wait, that's it could have been like any day. They're like, it's international women's oh, day. Wow. They're having twins. And like, it's a room full of women, like all the yeah. nurses, all the doctors, the anesthesia. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm ready. Like this That's is it. amazing. This is it. Yeah. Um, the girls came. Um, 
they were healthy, thank yeah. God, um, but they did need a NICU stay just because they're tiny, right? 4.7 pounds, wow. 5.1 pounds, which is actually decent size for twins yeah. that are early. At 34 um, weeks, yeah. Yeah, so one of them needed a CPAP. Um, it's like the little breathing machine. Mm-hmm. She wasn't quite ready. And then the other one, she didn't need anything. She wow. just needed um, feeding, growing, and like temperature control. So. And what are their names? So Vita, V-I-T-A, yes. and Vera, V-E-R-A. Wow. So it's life and truth. That's beautiful. I love yeah. that. So gorgeous. Oh my gosh. I love that. So yeah, that's kind of like the birth story. And then like they were in the NICU for two weeks, almost two weeks. And, um, that was also kind of a blessing in disguise for me because as much anxiety as I had about it, it really helped like me recover a little bit. Um, you know, it was so sad, like leaving the girls in the hospital and, um, going back home, but recovering from a C-section is like, not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, not easy taking care of one baby, let alone two. Oh, so my gosh. it was really nice to have those nurses kind of like taking care of them for me. I would go there every day and, you know, oh visit God. them and kind of like learn how to be a mom. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that you're sharing this like as a blessing in disguise. Cause so many people that maybe have experienced the same thing, a baby in the NICU and they are so done on themselves or they feel like they miss those moments. Like this is a whole this is a great perspective to give them that like you're seeing the positive in it and they should too because who knows if you didn't have those two weeks to yourself to heal like how you would be as a mom starting off so Mm -hmm. I think that's really important yeah so you know thankfully everything worked out um and my twins were in the NICU for a short time compared to some other kids Mm -hmm. but even if you're listening to this and you have a baby in the NICU or maybe you may in the future have a baby in the NICU like those nurses in there those people are angels on earth okay those people are amazing people. Like I trusted them with my children. I still would if I had to, like they're mm-hmm. amazing. So yeah, I, um, kind of like treated the NICU a little bit like school because <laughs> I was like, how do I change a diaper? Uh, what yeah. do I feed? How, how do yeah. I feed? Like how much? Um, yeah. what is this pumping breastfeeding? Do I need to do it? Like, what am I doing here? um, so yeah, that's just like kind of how the twins happened and you know we brought them home and then like reality kind of set in and I was like oh my god I have two babies like what do I do and so it's kind of funny like when you have a baby you're just kind of like learning as you go right but I had two babies so I would like do it on one and then I'd be like okay I just have to like do that again like I just change the diaper again yeah like change the clothes again like I didn't know anything guys like even putting the clothes on the babies oh I was like uh, what, who invented baby clothes with snaps <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh I, I know. know I was like no I just like donated those right away right um but yeah we were so tired you know we yeah. didn't really think this through that much from the beginning <laughs> I don't know I was kind of just like an in the moment kind of person which isn't like really in my personality but I, I like to plan in yeah. general but with this I don't know. We had so much going on. We were moving into a new house. Um, It was the pandemic still. So I was like worried about COVID and all that. And I just like didn't really think through like how we were going to like sleep. Mm -hmm. I just kind (laughs) of thought like, all right, it's going to be hard. And, you know, eventually we'll get through it. But it was very, very challenging. Um, Like I'll never forget the first night home. Um, We had the girls in our room in bassinets because we just we didn't even think about what we were going to do. We're like, all right, we'll just have them in our room, whatever. Fine. I just kept waking up all night. Like, oh and in the NICU, they were like gosh. awesome. Of course. Okay? <laughs> they were like great. I was like, they're, they're fine. They're like, you feed them, then they just go to bed. And like, yeah, but the nurse is swaddling them. Yeah. Like, is there something to say too about the first 10 days? Because I think pretty much every mom I've talked to was like, my baby's sleeping through the night. And I remember I said the same with Delilah this mm-hmm. recent time. I'm like, she's a great sleeper. And then after they get over that little like hump, the 10 days, it's just a shit show. So I think like 
is honestly, it? every kid is so different. Okay. Right? Like I, I do think they go through periods, especially when they're newborns, right? Like they need so much sleep. Mm-hmm. So they're just sleeping so much. Yeah. Right. And yeah. when you and feed like, them, oh, they okay, go to bed. And like, nice. as long as you don't have like a colicky kid or something like yeah. that, like, I mean, sure. They, they do sleep a lot. But with the twins, it was just like, oh my God, one starts crying, then the other one starts crying, then they need to eat. And because they were preemie, they ate kind of slow. I was giving bottles, like I pumped a little bit. So I was giving like some breast milk just for the hell of it because I wanted to. And then at the end, I just said, you know what, I'm just going to give them the formula because it's like just one more thing for me to worry about right now. So yeah, we... um, we decided that, um, you know, right around four months, we would decide to like sleep train them because it's the only way that me and my husband could survive. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I'm here today. So I reached out to Lindsay, who owns Tweet Dreams. That's who I work for, Tweet Dreams Sleep Consulting. She's also a twin mom, which was like oh, wow. super important to me because, like, she having, understood. Exactly. Like, she having understood. twins, I just didn't even want to explain to somebody else like what I was yeah. going through. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she was like, I got twins, I got it. I was like, yeah. great. I need to sleep. Um, going back to work um, at five months, I went back to work. So I had like a pretty long maternity leave, um, which was amazing. And yeah, she um, set me up with a plan. Um, the plans are two weeks long. So I'll just get into this now since, yeah. you know, we're yeah. segueing into yeah. it. So all of our plans are um, two weeks long. Um, we usually have a free 15 minute discovery call. Um, Libby, you probably yeah. remember that. Yeah. Joe was on the phone too. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just to talk about like the process and like what we do, see if we're a good fit, you know, talk about age goals, yeah. like make sure people have like realistic expectations. Right. So I, I did that with her and then, um, you know, I'm not going to lie. I was like a little skeptical. I'm like, okay, we'll see what happens here. Um, and Lindsay was great. Um, we had the, the two weeks. She set up a plan. Um, she followed my twin sleep um, through an app that we used called Rested. So we um, have the parents input all the information, sleep, naps, um, comments, feedings, right? Oh, so wow. we kind of like mm-hmm. see everything, right? That's really important. And um, we work together. We have two calls through the two weeks. So we'll have a call halfway through and then a call at the end to wrap up. But during these two weeks, we also offer texting support through WhatsApp, which is great because you can text, you can do yeah. voice chatting, um, and you have my support for that two weeks. Right? You're in so like constant I'm on communication. Call. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. Which I think is like so important for yeah. parents and moms because it's like, okay, you can read the plan, go through the plan, which you need to do, but it's like those little scenarios like, oh my God, he woke up like at this time mm-hmm. and like, oh, I have an appointment at this time. What should I do? Like just somebody to like text and talk to who's you know, Give you the reassurance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I needed your reassurance too, like naps and bedtime sleep, or is it just bedtime sleep? So it's the whole picture, right? So sleep training, as we mm-hmm. call it, right? Like a lot of people, you know, think it's like cry it out or like mm-hmm. only bedtime stuff. No, this is the whole thing. So we look at everything. So we look at the age, right? Mm-hmm. So we build the schedule off of a desired wake time, right? So like somebody will come to me and be like all right, I want the baby to wake up at like 7 a.m. Okay, great. So I'm going to build a schedule off of that depending on age. Um, You know, maybe three naps, two naps, one nap, or maybe no naps depending on age. And we also look at feeding and nutrition a lot, right? So when you feed your child, depending on their age, really, really matters. The bedtime routine is huge, okay? Like super, super important, we're not really trying to teach sleep guys. Like we're just trying to do behavior modification a lot of the time, right? Like 
kids can sleep. People sleep. Like yeah. we need to sleep. Okay? Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, it's just like teaching these little like behavior modifications on our end too yeah. as parents, right? Like I didn't know what I was doing before. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I did. Now I do because I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love my kids sleeping. I love helping other parents, yeah. you know, have yeah. wonderful sleeping kids. And you know, it's, it's amazing. It's really like life changing, honestly. It really so, is. No, yeah. Um, let's break it down a little. Cause we want also somebody, if they're just listening to this episode, we want to make sure that they're taking some takeaways away. And I think that's the perks here. Like guys, if you're listening right now, we have an amazing sleep consultant here that is going to give you some tips for free. So <laughs> listen up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the meals. Cause I think that's really interesting when it comes to feeding a baby, let's talk a newborn. Cause I think that's most people who are learning about sleep training at first, they probably have a younger baby. Mm-hmm. What do those meals look like if you're talking about a 16 week old, which is in your mind where sleep training can really kind of like take off? Sure. So at four months, we still want to make sure that we're feeding baby like every three hours. So that would be like the breast milk or the formula every three hours. I mean, two and a half to, to three and a half is, is okay, right? Like everything is arranged. Is that daytime? Daytime. Okay. Yep. Now, another thing I want to say here is that sleep training, right? You can still do this if you want to and keep a night feeding. Okay. Okay. Depending on the age of your baby. Are those if the dream you want feeds? To. No. Okay. <laughs> so a dream feed is something completely different. I'll get into okay. that in a second. I'm like not a fan, but I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. Um, so you could, you know, have an independent sleeper sleeping through the night and still mm-hmm. feed them if you want to. Um, or if they need it, right? Like mm-hmm. four months is still little. Yeah. yeah like for extra calories yeah. or something. Or if they have an adjusted age too, like that can kind of um, play into it. So you definitely want to make sure you're feeding every three hours. Um, and then at, so we want to like stack the calories during the day, right? To make sure that like hunger is like not a factor. That's not why they're waking up yep. in the middle of the night. Okay. Unless they're little and they need it, like fine. But one feeding should be okay if you want to at that age, right? Mm-hmm. So then when we're moving into like a little bit older, like five, six months, we're going to introduce solids probably, right? So we always want to give priority to both when we start to introduce solids, right? So you still want to make sure you're feeding every, you know, two and a half to three and a half hours, the breast milk or the formula. And that's kind of throughout the first year of life, right? Mm-hmm. It's still like the primary source of like mm-hmm. calories, but it's really important to get the babies used to solids, right? That's the only way to do it is to introduce it. So you want to um, give priority to both by offering them like about an hour apart ish. And when we talk about um, feeding milk or formula, we always want it to be not right before they go to bed. Ah, uh, because they're gonna associate mm-hmm. it, right? So that okay. was the biggest thing I learned from you, and I think I even explained like, it to Jeff. Everything you're saying like, is opposite of what I did. No, I know. <laughs> like, I tried to explain this to Liz one time or Jeff. The biggest thing, and I was like, "No, what is Delina talking about? Like, I am not like. I was like, this makes no sense. Like, the only thing that I questioned of your whole plan was having." the bottle before bath mm-hmm. and then bed. So your schedule was bottle, bath, bed. And I was always like bath, bottle, bed. Yeah. yeah. Because right. he would get drowsy from drinking and get tired and that whole like put them down drowsy but not fully awake. And I'm like, yeah, that's what you do. And then I'm like, all right, you know what? Like I'm going to listen to her. I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. And I mean, lo and behold, it obviously works. But like, why is that? So you want to make sure that you're not offering the milk 
right before they go to bed because we don't want them to associate yeah. the milk with falling asleep, right? So we don't want them to be using like the milk or bottle, breast, whatever is like a sleep prop, we <laughs> call it. Yeah. And, um, you know, that kind of, they get used to that and mm-hmm. then they need that and then it's harder for to them to fall asleep away. independently, right? But I also want to say, guys, like disclaimer, if you're like listening right here and you're like feeding your baby to sleep and it's working for you. Keep doing it. And your baby's sleeping <laughs> yeah. fine. Like there's no need to change things that are not yeah. working yeah. for you. Okay? okay. And like every situation is different. We really like to follow eat, play, sleep um, eat, for, play, you know, the first. Eat, play, sleep. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, you're, so you're always like feeding the baby first. Like when they wake up, you wait like 10, 15 minutes. I don't want you to feed your baby like milk right when they wake up, mm-hmm. right? Like change a diaper, wait 10, 15 minutes. So that's when you feed. And then you'd have like your designated awake time, play time, whatever. Um, and then they go to sleep, right? So you mm-hmm. want to just kind of like follow that um, process. So they always get used to that, those sequence of events and like that routine because routine is, is just so important mm-hmm. for kids and especially when it, when it comes down to sleep, yeah. right? So when you go from play to sleep, what does that look like in an ideal situation in your mind? So the baby would, let's say, wake up at 7 a.m., right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you feed the baby um, their milk, depending on age. Let's say it's like a six-monther or something like that. You could have some playtime on the mat, some tummy time, maybe some outdoor time, get some air. I'm like really big on that, like getting outside if yeah. you can. Mm-hmm. It really helps like melatonin production. And then you would put the baby to sleep. So you would not feed the baby. You would have your bedtime routine. But you routine. just put the baby down? So you'd have like a nap time routine. So it's very similar to like a bedtime routine. Okay. Um, you know, change the diaper, fresh diaper, you know, maybe read a, read a story, sing a song if you wanted to, say some calm words, um, turn the white noise on. We are like big on that. Make yes. sure you're using white noise or like a box fan. Oh, I have a question. Sure. Um, there's a big TikTok trend going on about white noise machines. Have you seen that? I Everyone says seen that. it's like making your kids like wake up. What do you think? Yeah, no, I don't believe that. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah, we use yeah. white noise. With yeah. yeah, me too. As yeah. soon yeah. as I started yeah. using, no, it. I don't. I don't. I haven't been able to like find any research really that backs that okay. down. You always want to make sure when you're using the white noise, it's not like more than sixty to seventy decibels, and you can um, download a decibel. Reader oh, on your phone. Oh, interesting. Oh. Yeah, so I'm crank can, I crank that shit up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yours is so loud. Yeah. I have to travel with mine too. I also, I also read, and the reason why I introduced it with Delilah is because I was so nervous for some reason with my third about SIDS, which like I never mm-hmm. worried about it with the other two. It's yeah. just weird what you focus know, on with right? each kid. But um, and it was saying that white noise actually during she's kind of like out of the SIDS danger mm-hmm. zone, I guess whatever you want to call it. But um. I was reading that when up until like six, seven months when they're in like the danger zone of SIDS, a white noise can help them from going into that like too deep of sleep, whereas where SIDS can happen. Is that true? So I've heard that before. Um, but honestly, like I use white noise for, that's a great reason to use it, but I use it just for so many other reasons, right? Like it's a cue for sleep. So like when they hear it, they're like, okay, this is what happens when I go to bed. Um, it does help drown out other noises. So like if you have a dog, other Mm -hmm. kids, like if you live on a busy street, um, it's just like really, really helpful to sleep with. I sleep with it. Like, you know, it's just, I I love it. You suggested putting two in our boys' rooms because they shared a room. So if one cried, the other one 
would have the noise like blocked out. Mm-hmm. So I'd put two. I had one right at Rocco's head and one at Joseph's head. Oh, oh wow. smart. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a tip for twins too. Yeah. You know, if you have twins, you want to kind of like put it either in between them or you can use two depending on the size of the room. So yeah, back to the routine. So you, you know, do that, make sure your white noise is on, make sure your environment is on point. Um, we highly suggest blackout shades, um, yes. trying to like black out the whole room. Um, Make sure the temperature is right, you know, like not too cold, not too hot. Make sure they're dressed appropriately. I love sleep sacks, um, depending on age, of course, but um, it's just like another cue for sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, So put the sleep sack on and then I want you to lay your baby down awake. So that's, you know, part of the whole thing, making sure that they're able to fall asleep independently and you're not rocking them to sleep or feeding them to sleep um, when you're trying to teach those independent sleep skills, because what happens a lot of the time is when they go to sleep, rocked or fed, um, they'll wake up expecting that, right? Yeah. Because that's how they went to bed. I mean, yeah. like they're little, like mm-hmm. how, how else can we, you know, expect them not to expect that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, you know, how we, we, d- wow. we do that. How, when would you suggest transi- transitioning from a swaddle to a sleep sack? Like when does that transition happen? Good question. So this is a good one for me. <laughs> Six <laughs> months ago, flying every three squirrel. Delilah stayed in a sleep sack. We're like, I mean, I like fully swaddled. swaddled for six months. Yeah. It was so bad. Okay, so if your baby can roll or show sign of rolling, like no matter their age, um, then you need to change them immediately for safety purposes. Yeah. So I mean, kids start rolling. I don't know. I mean, two months is early, but like, let's say you know, there's like those overachievers, like two ish <laughs> months, three months, four months. Um, they'll start rolling. So it's usually by the time they roll or show signs of rolling or by three months, generally we recommend like, um, did she just sleep like really great? She just loved being swaddled. Again, she is, I did everything different with her than Mm -hmm. the other one, but she just liked to be completely like constrained Mm -hmm. and with a pacifier in her mouth. Mm -hmm. And the second one of her arms would come out, she would take the pacifier out and throw it. And then she would scream and cry. So if she was like in her swaddle, she just stayed in her bassinet with her pacifier and she would wake up. Sometimes she would just spit it out when she was done with it. And that's yep. it. She would sleep through mm-hmm. the night. Oh my gosh. So I'm like, I'm not taking her out of this thing. Right. And I mean, if it works but, for you, it works for you. But she might be a little delayed in life. <laughs> she's going to be fine. She's going to be fine. But like six months is kind of long for the swaddle. Um, you know, sometimes we recommend a swaddle transition product. I use this with all my um, kids. I don't know if you've heard of it. The Magic Merlin suit. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's totally safe. Um, I loved it. It really worked for my kids. Doesn't work for everybody, yeah. but it's like a swaddle transition product. So maybe that would have been helpful if she mm-hmm. kind of like liked that swaddling feeling. Um, you know, it keeps them like constrained, but it's not like they're swaddled with their arms down or anything but mm-hmm. same thing with the merlin if they show sound um, signs of like rolling in the merlin suit then you would have to change them into just like a basic sleep okay. sack. got it mm-hmm. so back to the schedule right so now you put them down in bed <laughs> then you shut the lights <laughs> off and you and walk away <laughs> <I know>. um <laughs> so the whole crying thing like i remember you asking me what's my tolerance for mm-hmm. hearing the crying um and if you ask me for my first child, I would say I have zero tolerance. I hear one peep and I'm running in there. Mm-hmm. Rocco, I had a little bit more of a tolerance and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it because I know he's going to end up being fine. But especially first time moms, I think it's a very controversial thing where like, 
I'm not going to let my baby cry because then they're going to think that like mommy doesn't care for them and mommy's not going to like save me when I'm crying. And it's going to have like long-term psychological effects Mm -hmm. on my child because they're going to cry for me and nobody was there to help me. And I think those are valid feelings. That's how I feel. That's why I've never done it. That's how I feel. I I felt like that too with Joseph. And, And to this day, Joseph never napped in his crib. He only will nap on the couch. He needs somebody to sleep with him all the time. Now he's back in my bed. I mean, he went through a good period of sleeping in his crib at night, but the total difference, Rocco doesn't even want to cuddle with me. He'll never fall asleep in my wow. arms. So it's it's very different. So I know after Joseph, like I know Rocco's going to be fine. So it was easier for me to yeah, like yeah. let him cry it out. But I feel like a lot of people have like this negative association with the crying it out. So can you give us some advice for parents who might be thinking like, oh my gosh, I could never, like it's going to damage my child. So all your feelings are valid. Okay. Totally valid feelings. (laughs) But let them cry it out. (laughs) It takes three days. (laughs) Just fucking power three days. No, no, no. Your feelings are totally valid, right? Like I've been there. I I hate crying. I have three kids. Like I, I, I think my tolerance might be just a little bit higher because of how many small children I have, but I still hate it. Like I hate listening to crying. I don't like it at all. Right. So when we work with clients, we always try to set you guys up for the best success possible. So going back to what I said earlier, it's not just about the nighttime. It's about everything else, right? So it's about the schedule during the day. Are their naps timed properly? Um, are they eating enough? Are they eating at the right times? Are we limiting our use of sleep props, right? And then we get into the method, right? So when we talk to people, we'll have a free discovery call with them. Great. Then you book, as you did, Libby. And I go through that intake form Mm -hmm. that I sent you. And I do ask that question, like, what's your tolerance for crying? Because I'm just going to be like really upfront here. There is no way to teach a baby the independent sleep skills without some crying. Okay. Like it sucks, um, but it's the reality. And honestly, like we all have kids, right? Like they cry for so many different reasons. Like sometimes they cry because like you give them the wrong bowl or like the wrong cup or something. Yeah. Right? And like, it's the only way depending on age, right. That they can communicate to, um, to us. Right. And if we're trying to change something, right. Which is like how they've been sleeping the whole time. It's very normal for them to protest the change. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say that out of the gate. Right. Now, with that being said, all of our methods that we use at Treat Dreams um, do involve like parental presence to a certain degree, right? So like we would never do that cry it out extinction method that we were talking about earlier. Um, I would never like tell you, hey, um, okay, so you do your bedtime routine and then put your baby to bed and then like don't go until the next morning. I don't care how much they cry. No, no, no. Uh, We would never suggest that, right? So all of ours, um, we usually either use a leave and check type method um, or we use like a stay in the room type method. We have the parents wait a certain amount of time um, and then go back in and do like interval checks. So we always have a mental checklist for the parents, right? And Libby, you probably remember this. Mm -hmm. So when you go through that bedtime routine, we're making sure like everything is right in baby's world before Mm -hmm. nap or bedtime, right? They have a clean diaper. They don't seem sick. They ate enough. Their wake windows were appropriate throughout the day. They had good naps or maybe not good naps. It happens. That's fine. We deal with it. And then, you know, we put them to bed awake. We say good night. We shut the lights and like everything's fine, right? We can take a deep breath. Like mm-hmm. I just saw you. You're good. Yeah. Okay. So then they cry. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe yeah. they don't cry. Okay. And we're like, okay. Um, 
I was just there. Like, I know my baby's not sick. It didn't, yeah. didn't seem like anything's wrong. I have a video monitor now. Like, this is yeah. amazing nowadays. We can just, like, see what's going on. And they're protesting the change, right? They're crying. So then we have parents wait, like, X amount of time, depending on, like, what day in the plan that we're at. And then I say, okay. Um, and I want the parents to talk to me through this, too, like, um, via text or whatever. And log it on the rested app that I was talking to you guys about. So then, you know, I'd have you go in, do a check-in, um, go through that mental checklist, right? Like, did the baby get his or her hand stuck in the crib? Are they in an awkward position? Are they going through that rolling phase mm-hmm. where, like, they're stuck on their belly and they don't know how to get back over? You that know? happened during mine. That, yeah. That ha- yeah, that happens a lot. But we get through it. Yeah. Um, you know, did they spike a fever? Did they wet their clothes? Like, stuff happens, yeah. right? Like, yeah. is there a reason why they're crying? Yeah, that's that the isn't... part I, like, the mental checklist, yeah. it's like, exactly like what I go through it's mm-hmm. like I wonder I'm like did she just poop her pants yeah yep. I know I just checked yeah. but she could have just pooped and then I'm like yeah I'm back in there like sniffing her butt yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's what I would recommend though yeah. like you know go through that checklist okay you're fine mm-hmm. let's continue on with the plan and the method and um all of our plans are two weeks long so I, I want everybody listening here to know that like if you're sleep training your baby, like you should not have continuous long crying for like two weeks. No, that's yeah. it takes three, that's, that's two days, three, that's, yeah, three yeah. days usually. Yeah. Right? It should be like a couple of days yeah. depending on what we're working with. If yeah. it's twins, um, yeah. you know, every baby's different, you know, some take to it, you know, right away. Some, maybe we need to do some more schedule tweaks. Depends on age a lot. Like yeah. were you co-sleeping? Um, you know, is your baby moving into a new room? I think um, the really good thing about your program too is that you don't just give a plan that looks the same for everybody. Like I told you that, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, he's at this house on Thursdays and Fridays. I have to get in the car with him, drive an hour. Then he's at my mom's house and we're at a different crib. And then on Friday, I have to turn around and drive another hour and he falls asleep. Like mm-hmm. I told you like the exact days and times and the different um, scenarios, scenarios like where he's he could fall asleep in. in the car, like he could be exactly. in an unusual. Yeah. So like, give me a schedule where like, that. I'm going to be in the car on Friday morning at eight 30. Like what's the next step? So I think that was oh. very awesome of your program is like, you literally, you say like, give me your every single day, minute by minute, and we're going to tailor a program to you. And I think that's very, it, it separates yeah, because not everybody can just like keep a baby at home napping. Exactly. Take you them can't follow get moms on call, right? You can't. Everybody yeah. gets moms on call book, okay? <laughs> Unless you're Liz Fergala, who doesn't know moms on call. But yeah, I don't even know what moms on call is. So like, it's like this Bible for newborns. It's a Bible oh. for newborns, and everybody thinks that if you follow moms on call, like your baby's gonna sleep. But it's not because and again, your it could work for some people, but right. like then it doesn't with others. Like you mm-hmm. need you need yeah. that book to change based off of like where you are, what kind of kid you had and all that. And that's kind of like your company has a custom approach to that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think it's interesting, like right now, Delilah is nine months old and Rocco is 10 months old. And Delilah doesn't really nap anymore, which is, (gasps) for me, is unheard of. My kids still, JJ still naps. He will, if we, he will ask for a nap every day. He's Mm -hmm. turning six in February. And Adrian, my kids will pretty much nap on demand. So yesterday we get home and I'm like, all right, nap time. They know exactly. They go up into their room, shut the lights off, put, just like it's nighttime. And my mm-hmm. kids are too old to be, like JJ's in kindergarten. Well, is so there awesome. an age um, level, though, for nap time? I'm curious. So, you know, it, it's variable. Um, some kids will drop their nap as young as two years old, which is oh too young in my yeah, opinion. Uh, definitely too young, but it happens. Mm-hmm. And some keep it, you know, as 
five years old. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard five. for him right now yeah. because like kindergarten. So really, yeah. we're trying to not do it as much because mm-hmm. of his schedule. Like right. he can't it's be hard. napping at kindergarten at daycare. He was napping every day, but he's kind of like going with the group. Kindergarten is only till three fifteen. Mm-hmm. So when he gets home, he might take like a forty five minute nap and he'll sleep fine. Like I've never had a problem oh, with the kids, but with Delilah now, she's so hyper during the day like she's so full of energy yesterday i'm like she's the only one i'm like we could have just had a family nap time okay oh delilah God. this could have gone perfectly but nope she so, does not want to nap can we back up for a second yeah so she's not taking any naps like she's so in the she, car yeah she I'm naps confused. in the car which yesterday yeah. i'm like please stay awake nope yeah. she falls right asleep in the car and then she just takes like little cat naps but okay. it's no longer like what we were doing before and when she was a baby i always just had her Again, it just did whatever worked for me. Mm-hmm. The first 11 weeks, she was awake every hour. Mm-hmm. Every hour. Mm-hmm. Worst sleeper I've ever had. Jeff and I were almost in tears. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Then all of a sudden, overnight, just started sleeping through the night, 10 hours. And besides like a couple of regressions here and there, which I'm so curious to hear your thoughts on like regressions, because I think as moms, especially with a third, I've been through it. And I think there's so many myths out there about like, oh, don't worry, they're just going through a regression. It's like, are you just making me try, are you just trying to make me feel good? Or like, yeah. is this actually, because yeah. I feel like now you're telling me there's a regression every month. Yeah. Like, which one is there's real? There's one every like, month. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And like, I feel like that's just mom's way of like helping other moms. Like yeah. it's, oh, yeah. it's teething, it's regression. Or a leap. Yeah, exactly. A leap. With a leap. leap, yeah. But when she was napping, when she started to get into a really good nap rhythm, she was napping in the bright light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would keep the windows open so that she knew it was daytime nap. She was napping great. Yep. I would put her sound machine on, but I wouldn't swaddle her, which she loved. And I would just put How her down. Old? This is starting like around 12 weeks. Oh, okay, is what her good, routine good, was. Good. Yeah. So around 12 weeks, she would take long naps during the day, but I would make sure that it was like light out. And then when nighttime came around, pitch black, swaddle, and she knew and she would sleep 10 to 12 hours. So we're like, okay, this is working. Mm-hmm. And then she went through a couple like regressions mm-hmm. here and there. Um, so what are your thoughts on the regressions? And like, I'm so curious as to where, where the real ones are in your eyes. So the only real regression is like the four months. Oh my okay. God. Yeah. Okay. That was that's, hell. Yeah, that's I think like that's what put me over the edge. Yeah. Okay. But don't get me wrong. Like the kids go through like little regressions, if you will, like throughout life and with sleep. But the but four like a research based regression is, is the, the four, four months. Month. Because during that time, their sleep cycles are changing. So... Up until four months, their sleep cycles are different than an adult. And then around four months, their sleep cycles change into a pattern that is like going to be their pattern for the rest of their life, right? Also around four months, there's a lot going on. A lot of gross motor skill development. Mm-hmm. Kids are learning how to roll. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Um, you know, learning how to make sounds, um, potentially starting solids. Like a lot of stuff is going on at four months. And the four-month sleep tr- regression is definitely challenging <laughs> um but also a really great time to like start working on those yeah. skills yeah. that kids yeah. can take with them throughout their whole life right. right it's almost like do you start sleep training right after that because like, like, that's what i did too. you did yours right yeah. after that, that, that put too. me over yeah. the edge oh, okay because so that, you started yours right work. after that yep he was trying to figure out how to roll he wasn't getting comfortable like he would when between newborn and four months he would be up he'd have like four or five hour stretches but it was that four month regression where I'm like, I can't take this. Like he was up every 
two and a half, three hours. And yeah. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. We're not doing this. <laughs> and that was right as Delilah started sleeping through the next And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my baby's finally sleeping. And Olivia's just like, I'm like, I'm so happy. I love that for you. <laughs> you my bitch. head, I'm like, oh God. She's like, I'm calling this company. I know. So no, that's when I, that's when I started. But I have to say, I have not had one regression. Literally wow. he had one wow. night okay. when he was really teething because he literally got four teeth at, at one that week. That was crazy. His teeth all yeah. coming in like on the they same came week. Out, it's like my yeah. son too. Well, maybe yeah. boys, I don't know. And <laughs> so it was that, it was one night because he was really cranky during the day and then that only that one night and it was only one waking at 11.30. Wow. But it as, was crazy. as a mom of a, you know, a, a baby that has those independent sleep skills, you were probably like, oh my God, red flag. Yeah. Why yeah. Is he, so you know the difference, right? Like versus yeah. if your baby is just constantly waking up and yeah. we're just like puzzled, like, I don't know why. Like I know something that. is wrong. Yeah. But this, you were like, hold on a second. He needed medicine. Like Let he was in pain. Assess yeah. the situation here. Like something yeah. is up. Right? No, I love that. Like, and he doesn't, and it's, it's almost sad though, because he doesn't like want to like ever fall asleep on me. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I wouldn't mind if he woke up in the middle of the night because I would love to boy. just Smuggles. cuddle him. Yeah. yeah. Like you need your mama like yeah. come to me but no it, it really has saved us but you also helped me get them in two boys in one room together so I had Rocco in my room which was hard and I put earplugs I would put mm-hmm. my iPod airpods in my ears when he would like cry at the beginning but I have to say it got shorter and shorter and shorter mm-hmm. every night and it only took me three nights. I think I probably even have the text where I was like, oh my gosh, Delina, like he slept yeah. through the night. Or you would wake so up, happy. you would yeah. text me and be like, wait, I don't see anything in the log last night. Like, does that mean he slept through? And I'm like, yes. Like oh you would gosh. see it before I would wake awesome. up. Like it would be like 6 a.m. You're like, I don't see any wake ups. And I was like, oh, I know, we didn't have any. ever. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. It felt like it was like long in the moment. But one piece of advice from someone who did sleep train was I just put my AirPods in and listen yeah. to music. And if you're, even if you're in a different room, um, you know, have the monitor, watch the monitor, but have your AirPods in and, you know, Selena will like give you a time frame or like however many minutes and stuff. And you just keep track of that, but it helps the time pass by and it mm-hmm. keeps you distracted. Um, and it gives your baby a chance to like show them what you can do, you yeah. know? And I also feel like at that point, like after four months, you already know your baby's different cries. Right. So like right. now I feel like it would be easier, which I might need to get Delilah onto like a nap schedule because who knows now it's going to be affecting. And she has been waking up the past couple of nights ever since Aruba, we were traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I know her so well that when she's doing that cry, that's like, <laughs> I know that she's like really upset yeah. and needs me. Mm-hmm. But if she's just doing that, like, like eh, yeah. I'm just like, okay, yeah. she's fine. Like I can leave her in there. And she's kind of just like getting comfortable. And like, it's like when I whine, <laughs> right. like trying to get comfortable yeah, at night, you know? that's actually really normal too though. Mm-hmm. Like some kids just do that before yeah. they go to bed. Yeah. And that's like kind of soothing to them, right? Yeah. Like I have three kids and one of them always does that. Yeah. Like before she goes to bed, yeah. she's two and a half now. Aww. And she's always like, or like talking to herself and um yeah it's like totally normal but she totally needs a nap schedule (laughs) (laughs) yeah no she should be taking nine months she should be taking two naps yeah no and morning and afternoon and this is so new to me this probably started it started right before ruba she just so hyper and so energetic during the day Mm -hmm. and And she's eating more and she's eating more down um, the aisle oh yeah Yeah. Falls asleep like in anyone's arms. Like she's literally the yeah. opposite of Rocca. Yeah. Falls asleep in your arms because that's what she she's used to. I right. rock her to bed. We so give her a bath. Oh, oh, we give her a bath. I sw- I put her in a sleep sack. 
I give her her bottle and she dozes off. She's still kind of awake. Mm -hmm. Then I put the pacifier in her mouth, rock her, and put her down. And that's how I put her to sleep. So she's kind of used to that. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Especially if someone's holding her with a bottle, she's falling asleep. That's That's just like her cue to sleep. But I never, honestly, when I stopped breastfeeding, like 11 weeks, pumping, she has not had a bottle in in the middle of the night ever. So oh, she so doesn't good. expect that. I don't She's think we got a yeah. lot of questions on that. So there are, there are many questions on kids who are, well, babies who are, you know, between six to nine months who are waking in the middle of the night for a bottle. How would, would you suggest getting rid of that? Okay. So generally speaking, um, as long as there's no like medical concerns or anything like that, at that age, usually it's habit. Okay. Um, okay. Usually they're not waking up in the middle of the night at that age um, because they're actually hungry, right? So the way that you night wean, um, there's two ways to do it. So we have like a gradual method and then we have more of just a cold turkey method. So mm-hmm. <laughs> the cold turkey method is just what it sounds like. Um, you would stop feeding the baby at nighttime and instead respond with a sleep training method of choice. Okay. That's the fastest way. The second way is more of like a gradual approach. And with that, you would kind of like hold baby to their personal best, right? So like, let's say we know your baby um, can sleep until like 2 a.m. or 1 a.m., right? But she wakes up at like 11 or 12. Then we say, okay, no, we're waiting till 1 or 2, whatever the time on the clock that you decided is to feed them, right? So it's 1 a.m. Okay, baby wakes up. That's the time we chose. We're going to do quick feeding, like... Mm -hmm. No diaper change, not unless like it's poop, then fine. Uh, quick feeding, get the bottle ready. You know, try to keep them as awake as you can if that's like a thing in the middle of the night. I know it's hard, <laughs> um, but you know, once they start to get dro- drowsy, stop taking like productive swallows, start just like using the bottle to fall asleep. You stop the feeding, yeah. put them back to sleep, and you know, start your schedule in the morning. We usually take right. that approach for a week. Um, usually with younger babies or or babies that like are having multiple feedings throughout the night. That's kind of the approach that we like to take. I forget with you, Libby, did we, we cold turkey. Cold turkey, yeah. everything, pacifier, bottle. Yeah. Oh my God, when everything. she told me she had to take the pacifier away from Rocco, I was devastated. I'm like, <laughs> I know. this poor baby, I would see him and want to just give him Delilah's pacifier. Well, the thing is, it's like you, he, he would look for that. So well, like, you then you have to sense. plop it back. It's and another then it distraction yeah. when it comes out. It's another thing that could wake them up. So, so if I you're totally gonna get do it, it, like rip the bandaid on every bad habit because you're already trying to break one. No, Absolutely. I get it. It's just as painful. It's right. not more pain. You know what I mean? And it wasn't even bad. And ever since then, he never took a pacifier except now he chew, tom, chomps on it. Well, I'm going to be teeth. jealous oh, like good. when his teeth are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> How would somebody break the habit of a pacifier who's like nine months old now? Okay, so yeah, nine months. I'm just or more, gonna... or higher, a toddler. I see toddlers walking around. All right, so yeah. let's talk about the pacifier for one second. Okay, yeah, let's so talk about the pacifier. I think the pacifier is really good for newborns, okay? I think there's like a time and a place for the pacifier. <laughs> totally fine for newborns, um, and totally fine if it's working for you and you want to keep it, okay? And you don't mind replacing it, and that's something you, you're okay with. If you don't want to do that my answer is really to like cut it up and throw it away because honestly, it's the easiest way. We can wean it. Okay? I heard the we weaning, could. you snip, snip, snip down to yeah. the bottom. 
I guess you could do that if you wanted to. <laughs> she's but... my first baby to like a pacifier, and I'm just obsessed. You love that she has a I pacifier. That she's she gonna has... have that because she's just so cute. Like she, it, she's so, so comforted. It is so cute. She's like, so comforted. Did you have a pacifier for until I was like six? So like JJ wouldn't take it. Adrian, Adrian wouldn't mm. take the pacifier. They just spit it out, and then finally she likes it, and I just love knowing that when she's. Like feeling uneasy, yeah. put that in. She's just I totally get it. And if you like don't mind replacing it or giving it to her, then don't get rid of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's working for you. Keep it. But if you know you're coming from a place where, okay, the baby's sleeping at night, but the second um she spits out the pacifier, she's crying. Now you have to keep replacing it. Now you're not sleeping, you're paying passy ping pong, we call it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're like scattering all these pacifiers around the crib. So like she finds them. <laughs> well, and Cam, you don't so want to do that. Um, then, the glow in the dark one. Yeah. I know. It, um, she gave the bag of like six of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can wean it, right? Like you could only give it to her when she's sleeping, fine. But you're still using a sleep prop, right? And like when we um, do this process, we want to teach independent sleep, right? So like, once you get there, it's just like such a freeing feeling, right? Like mm-hmm. when your baby can just mm-hmm. go to sleep yep. and you don't have to do anything. Yeah. You don't have to rock them. You don't have to yeah. feed them. You don't have to give them a pacifier. You lay them down awake. They have time to rest and relax. They don't have to fall asleep immediately. Like it's they're free to roll around and, you know, do their yeah. thing. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it all makes perfect sense. It's right. almost like you have to like give and take, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, Okay, am I like you said, am I willing to get up when she does cry looking for a pacifier? But like there's once in a while that she'll throw it through the like the railings of her crib and then I'm like, oh shit. But then I'll, I just won't go in there and get it and she'll fall back asleep. That's good. Um, That's she's, an option too. If- but there is the certain nights that I'm like, oh shit, she's looking for a pacifier and I'll just go <laughs> oh in and God. get it to her mm-hmm. and then she sees me and then it screws everything up. So, mm-hmm. I mean, oh yeah, I'm. it's not like, I'm not telling everyone like go for the pacifier because it's. It is, you know, she's dependent on it at this point. Like, if right. she doesn't have a pacifier in the car seat, forget it. Oh, my God. Forget so, it. Like, she associates yeah. the car seat with her pacifier. And, like, oh she needs it, and then she falls right asleep. And, I mean, it's 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 okay to keep it for certain situations, too. Like, a doctor's appointment, like, after shots or something yeah. like that. Like, I'm totally fine with that. Like, just yeah. keep it, like, in your bag in case, mm-hmm. like, you're in a circumstance like that. Or maybe, like, an illness. Like, okay, we're yeah. dealing with ear infections here, and, like this is helping her yeah. fine. Like I'm okay with that. But ultimately, like if you want to get to a place of independent sleep, yeah. um, like we recommend um, getting rid of the pacifier. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It's okay. So I have a question now about lights in the room. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I sometimes I think the lava light and the wake up clock is too bright. Do you know what I lava mean? Light and I, so I have a five year old and I wonder, and I'm like, huh, should we get rid of that? Or like, do I think that how bright is up? the lava lamp? I mean, it's like, like really bright, like fluorescent. Like, yeah. like JJ it's a distraction. Uses a, JJ uses the starlight. That's wicked bright too. Yeah. Do you think that like wakes them up? So it depends on age, right? So if we're yeah. talking about a five year old, it's totally okay to have a nightlight in there, right? Okay. Like it's it's fine, especially if they ask for it or yeah. they're scared of the dark or they feel like they need a light or they're getting up to go potty or something, and you want there to be like a little light for safety purposes. Um, I think that's that's totally fine. Okay. Um, we recommend like sort of like a red light. Um, that's more conducive to sleep um, yes. versus like, you know, your standard light. Uh-huh. Um, so that's fine. But before age two, we don't really recommend um, any sort of light. Um, it kind of just disrupts their sleep. They mm. don't really need it. Um, we don't really recommend the light until 
you feel like you need it for them for a certain reason or they're asking for it. Got it. Does that make sense? Yes. And now what about Kiki is the worst sleeper known to man. <laughs> oh, goodness. Like sleep trained her when she was four months old. We did the cry it out. She was great. But then once we moved her to a big girl bed, she sleeps in our bed almost every single night. This is Joseph. Now, when did Kiki yes. start doing this? Like three yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So that's so where we're years. at. So it's been two years. <laughs> yeah. And at first I was like, oh my God, let's get her back in her bed. But now I secretly kind of love it. It would have been a different story if Liam, who's three, wanted to come into bed too, but he's a great sleeper. Mm-hmm. So he sleeps in his room and whatever. So it's just her in bed. But I also at the same time, I'm like, there's going to get to a point where we're going to have to be like, okay, Kiki, like no more coming in mommy and daddy's bed. What time does mm-hmm. she come into your room? Um, it depends between like 12 and two usually. Oh, so she wakes in the middle of the night. She wakes up in the middle of the night and then comes wandering Does she have to go potty or anything? No. She She comes wandering and gets right in between us. Oh my gosh. Joseph, we say bedtime, walks right into my room. (laughs) Oh, so it starts in your room. Oh, it starts in mine. So we're working with two different Let's Let's start with Laura's scenario first. Like, what do I do? If I love it though, but I'm like, is it If I love it. You just want to hear that like. Yeah, I just need to hear somebody like, somebody tell me to like get her out. I don't know. Okay, so I'm not gonna tell you to stop doing something you don't want to stop doing. Yeah. Okay, so you if you like this it, all so good. Yeah. <laughs> no, really, that because honestly, that's really how I feel. I'm yeah. like, not making yeah. this up. If you like it and it's yeah. not disturbing you or your husband's sleep and yeah. it's working for you and you're fine with it, then keep going. Like you're okay. good. But if you <laughs> don't want to do that anymore, then you know you can definitely work on that, right? So sleep training, sleep coaching, whatever you want to call it, it's all about consistency. Oh, okay. So bad with consistency. Oh, it is. It I'm tired. How old the I know. Kid is. I don't have the energy. I know. And it does take dedication oh. and, and the same consistent <laughs> See, response. See, I like outweigh it. I'm like, hey, I know, I know. I'll take the I'm tired back. tonight. Yeah. Like, hop in bed. Yeah, and she may very well stop this habit on her own, right? Like, you don't yeah. know that. Who knows when it's going to stop? I can't tell you that. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> 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 but if you wanted to stop it, then you would, you know, essentially sleep train her. And that means something different for like an older kiddo, yeah. right? So like we have different things that we can use um, for kids that are older because they have more of an understanding, right? So mm-hmm. it's good and not good sometimes it really depends um you know you can use things as simple as like a reward chart mm-hmm. like if she stayed in her bed all night you could use like a sticker chart okay like that's if you do the only this. way we got her in her room for two weeks and she got a barbie dream house see after she yeah, got there she was like done there's nothing else i want or anything <laughs> yeah, I have everything. Now she goes back <laughs> to her room. it doesn't need to be an object like it's great if it is but it could be yeah. like an experience like yeah. go out for an ice cream yeah. or like go have a cupcake i don't yeah. know like everybody's kids like different yeah. stuff right so Something like that could work. Um, you know, making sure that your bedtime routine is like really on point, that she gets like a lot of time with you yeah. um, during the bedtime routine. Like everybody has different work situations. So I don't mm-hmm. really know how much time she gets with you during the day. She's obviously in school yeah. and stuff. So like making sure you really like carve out that time to be like, all right, this is our time. Yes. We're going to do this. Talk to her about it. Right. So yeah. if she's five. She has an understanding. Like if you, if you wanted to move forward with, you know, trying to get her not to go in your room, you know, yeah. you would talk to her about it. Yeah. You could also use a color clock. Um, I don't know oh, if you've yes. heard of that, but it's that, like yeah. basically green means it's okay to get out of bed yeah. and like red would mean, you know, it's still time for bed. Mm-hmm. And I know you're already using a light, so that should be fine yeah. for her. Um, 
and she has that understanding. So that's, th- those are a couple of things, you know, you could do, um, when we work with people like one-on-one, you know, we're, we're talking to them daily about what's going on back and yeah. forth. Um, you know, giving advice on like how to handle certain situations. And you hold them in the accountable, moment. which is yes. probably that's good. I think the biggest the part biggest of having thing. a sleep coach mm-hmm. is yeah. the accountability. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. don't it's be like, lazy. You're investing in yeah. once you invest. <laughs> yeah. Once you invest, it's like you're in it. It's yeah. even like yeah. the same with like a fitness routine. Exactly. Right? Right. You're once investing, you, invest, you, you show get the up. membership, mm-hmm. you pay for the M sculpt, like you are going toward your goal full speed. You are not gonna slow down. I know, I know. It's crazy. With JJ, when he went through like a little phase, this was like two years ago, maybe a year yeah, and a half ago. And he randomly, all of a sudden, just started coming into my room every night. And I was the same way. I'm like, oh, this is nice. Cause like he would come in so quietly yes. and snuggle. And I was fine with it because I was falling right back asleep. But I could notice in the morning, in the next day, he was so. Dr- yeah, he yeah. was so tired. And like I said, he requires a ton of sleep. So I'm like, okay, this is fine with me. It's cute, cuddly, but it's not fine with him because he's so exhausted because he's waking up and then he's, it's taking him a while to fall back asleep because mm-hmm. he's like Aww. trying to get, he's I feel like, like, the like way that's he's what's happening in. now with Joseph. Now that you say that, like, so he starts out in our bed. So he was crib hopping. So that's when we transitioned <laughs> him to the toddler bed. So he like jumped out. Kept jumping okay. out and would run in our room, <laughs> slamming the door. So we're like, okay, this isn't going to work. Then we were trying to keep him in the crib that was transitioned to the bed. Didn't work. Got him a Paw Patrol bed. Didn't work. Put the Spider-Man sheets. Didn't work. Like everything to try and make it more, more appealing to him. Joe would spend half the night in his room, starting in the beginning, sleeping on the floor. He would always need somebody next to him, this and that. And now... And then he would wake up at like one o'clock, realize no one was there, run into our room, got in bed with us. And then it became a habit. And then it was like, are we really going to sleep on the floor for three hours tonight? No, Joseph, just come in bed with us. And yeah. now it's kind of like, give in. it's been mm-hmm. all summer of him sleeping in the bed with us and we don't have much space in our bed. And he wakes up and is moving around constantly, constantly. Mm-hmm. And now that you say that, I really think like he's not getting like good sleep so he's like yeah so cranky they roll around a lot then they don't have the space that they need because they're not in their own bed so i got this advice um from the daycare director because i was she would notice that he was so tired and i'm like he's been coming into our room she's like this might sound really awkward but this is what i learned like when i had my little kids and it always worked she's like when they come into your room in the middle of the night they're just looking for any sort of reaction whether it's negative positive they're just looking for a reaction from you for that attention so don't give any of it. Don't be positive about it. Don't be negative about it. She's like, don't say a word. Just take him from your bed and silently walk him back to the point that he would kind of look at you like, what is going on? Like, you're literally not reacting. You're mm-hmm. just like a zombie walking them down the hallway, placing them in bed, not even like giving him another hug or kiss, just blanket and then walk away. Yeah, and I agree with that. So yeah. so I did that one night. One night it took like three times because JJ was just so confused. He's like, what is going on? The next <laughs> night it was like twice. The third night it was like one time. And then he never did it again. Because he was just looking right. for that. And he's the type of kid that looks for that oh my God. reaction. Mm-hmm. So like and it works. and big kids need like clear cut boundaries when it comes to sleep, right? Like we got to hold them to their boundary <laughs> oh, um, because they're going to keep testing us, yes. right? Like we all have little kids. So I think we can agree to that. Like yes. with the TV, yeah. with the bedtime, you yeah. know, stalling, um, one more snack. One I more want cookie, water. One more book. Yes. Oh my God, I want water. Um, so yeah, they, they definitely need like clear cut boundaries. So, you know, Libby eh. for Joseph. So we didn't work together no. for Joseph. So I don't really know like a history on him, but he's two and a half. Yeah. Right? 
And he'll be three in January. So he's almost three. So that's good. So I'm, I'm happy that, you know, he's in the, a bed now at almost three years old. I know you made the change a little early, but yeah. sometimes you have to. If, if safety, safety is a concern, yeah. then we try everything we can before that, like use a yeah. sleep sack, um, lower the mattress, turn the crib around. If you have like a crib with two sides, one is longer than the other one or oh, higher, sorry, higher direction. than the other one, yeah. you can turn it. So like yep. it's harder for them to climb out. Um, mm-hmm. So we try like all that stuff first. And then if that doesn't work, well, we can't have a kid like jumping out of their crib. That is In pitch black. very, yeah. very yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. I'm, I'm happy that you made a safe choice yeah, for your tried. family. Yeah. And you need to be consistent with your response, right? So we need to start getting him back in his bed, right? So we need to talk to him about this during the day. Okay. Like okay. today we're going to, ha- we're going to sleep in your bed. Does he have a lovey or like a comfort item or something? So I would no. definitely introduce something like that. Um, mm-hmm. It's up to you if you want to like go pick it out with him okay. or like pick one out online that you think he would like. He has like this blow up Spider Man. It's like a plastic blow up <laughs> Spider Man. No, no, it's huge. No, it's, it's life size. It's like it's life size. Wait, it's the size of him. In bed the other day. I'm like, what yeah. is that? So he tucks that into his bed. But oh, that's gonna wake him up. No, he tucks that into his bed. So that's gotta go. Yeah, but I think so. We, maybe I can somehow get like a smaller, smaller one. one. Yeah. yeah, or like yeah. a lovey, like a yeah. lovey one. Yeah, it's like a. Well, you can go down to my basement and just take whatever you want. I might have, have to take some toys stuff. and use no, them as literally. rewards. Yes, yeah. go go ahead. I know. So all right, I'm gonna start tonight. I'm gonna talk to him all day about sleeping in his bed, and then um, he's gonna walk out 500 times. Okay, so you're gonna do. And Joe's not gonna said. sleep on the floor. We're just gonna. Put him in there. So you can go about this a whole a whole way, right? Like there's a few ways you can do it. You yeah. can, you know, use kind of like a stay in the room approach mm-hmm. if you want, if if you feel comfortable with that. You know, we you can kind of wean your presence from the room um, for for a week or two, or you could kind of just do it like that. Like let's put him to sleep, um, give him his lovey, his comfort item. How, make sure the bedtime routine is amazing, on point. He gets a lot of da- time with you guys. You can use the reward system as well Mm -hmm. you know like throw it in there okay like you're gonna sleep here all night and you know if we do this consistently you know use your wording yeah um i just i just had ice cream or something you know (laughs) i just had to laugh because i just like also the reality is like how many times you just scream oh i know i know know. stay in your i know i can't i'm like all right i'm gonna be we're acting like this is all just like perfect talking there's so many nights where it's like do not get out of that (laughs) bed or else tomorrow (laughs) you're in big trouble some people like lock their kids in their room which is crazy to me like i would never lock oh i thought so oh when jj used to jump out of his bed when he was like joseph's age his crib i mean we had a plastic handle on his door so he could not get out so he kind of knew mentally like even if i get out of my crib and we didn't really leave a lot of like toys and i had a gate because he had this like little thing that where, th- where the window was mm-hmm. that I used to get scared. He yeah, could go yeah, there. yeah, I remember that. I used to gate that up. So there was nothing he could do. So he kind of gave up too. He yeah. was like, all right, even if I do jump out of my crib, I'm not going anywhere <laughs> yeah, and right. there's nothing to do out here. So I think it would try that if Rocco wasn't right next right. to him. Yeah, so hard. now I'm That's like, tough. Joseph's going to scream bloody murder and then I'm going to have like two awake. So, so you're I'm like, in a, like an interesting circumstance where like they're sharing a room yeah. and you know, they're not twins. They're uh, different ages. Mm, okay. Um, but you just need to make sure your response is, is consistent, right? So if you decide you're going to move forward with this, he's not coming back in the bed. Okay. No. Like we're not like doing <laughs> this. I because that's something, no, no. Yeah. That's something <laughs> messages to him too though. Like, I know it's mixed messages. You're right. Like, Oh, I get to sleep in like mommy and daddy's bed sometimes, but then not other times. So how am yeah. I supposed to know like when I can and when I can't. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he's three. So like, he's obviously going to try to do it. I know. Right. He's and, a smart kid. 
you he's manipulating kind of well i don't think he's manipulating i mm. think he's just testing <laughs> boundaries and you know yeah. he's he's being a kid yeah and that's I fine know. we just have to get him back on track and you know, if I you know. want to talk with me after about yeah, more yeah. in detail. Oh my God. I, I tried to do the walk the back thing and it did not work. I mean, Quietly. were you like, super consistent with it though? Were it. you yeah. super she, consistent? Well, Kat actually did it. Oh, and okay. She would just lose her shit when she got back in her room and we're like... Uh. But it All might right. take some of that, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh like, you might like that's to, what I'm saying. By yeah. JJ was like so confused by it. I, I remember being like, Judy was right. This is so awkward because he would just kind of look at me like, oh my God. What? What? What are you yeah. doing? Like, why aren't you talking to me? And I wouldn't even like give him a kiss, which yeah. is because that's what he was looking for. And oh like, that's my what he's Jack, like, mommy, mom, and like, come yeah, that's what I said. You. So like, the first time he, then five minutes later, he would come back in. Like, she was confused. She definitely ah. is, is okay with me being here. And then I would just walk him right back. <laughs> and and then Jeff and I both did it, so he kind of knew there was no winning with either one of yeah. us. Because then if not, he would just go on Jeff's side if he thought one of us. And we oh, just both kind of did do it. This. With him, it worked. I mean, some kids, maybe it didn't, but that was one of the best advice when he was going through that little funk. But again, this is coming from a foundation from a kid right. who already like slept in his bed. I don't know what it was that triggered him to all of a sudden. Maybe it was like a new show and he was having mm-hmm. nightmares or whatever it was. Just yeah, yeah exactly. Stuff. You know, we never know, but yeah. we can only control like our actions, right? Yeah. To try and yeah. get them back to sleep. And yeah. No. And I think, I think we covered a lot when it comes to like the newborns and like the different ages, but I would love to have you on again when like, you know what I mean? In like a couple months yeah. when like we're all kind of going through this. Mm-hmm. Let's see like if Delilah I would love to talk more with you off, you know, off the podcast about how to get her back into a nap routine and Libby with Joseph and Kara and kind of like all let's use some of your method. Like let's take some of your advice and then do a touch base in a couple months and see where we're at. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. I love that. It's been so amazing having you on. I know this has been such a good episode. I I know I'm excited for this. People are getting some free tips. Yeah. So if you want more information, follow tweet dreams on Instagram. Yes. Um, and, Stelina is always available with her business partner. What's your business partner's name? Lindsay. Lindsay. Stelina and Lindsay, they're amazing. Like Libby said, she had firsthand experience working with them. Yep. Rocco is an amazing sleeper. He hasn't had any regressions, which is crazy. Nah, knock on and wood. I, I think mean, one of the biggest tonight. takeaways, someone who is skeptical or was a skeptic about um, sleep training or you know whatever you want to call it, is the fact that Rocco now hasn't had a regression. He's an independent sleeper. He's an independent boy, and he has those skills now that will hopefully he'll take with him yeah. through all of the years. And, not and just it's daytime. Right I now. have to say, too, one last final piece is, like, even with naps. Like, I know at 9 o'clock I put him down totally awake. He takes an hour nap. I put him down at 12, 30, 1 o'clock. He'll take a two-hour nap. Like, wow. he, And I don't have to have the stress. Like, with Joseph, I would stress over, like, okay, I can do this. Like, come on, Joseph, please take a nap. Like, I'd give him yeah. a bottle, swaddle him, rock him, yep. rub his back for hours. Just like, it, I would have built up anxiety over every nap time. And with Rocco, it's easy peasy. I, I can that. count on those hours if I'm working from home that day. I know I can plan, like, calls during that time. So it's, it's it can be hard, but um, it's, it's a great investment. And it really can save you or, like, save your sanity yeah yeah Yeah. so you could get a 15 minute free consultation yes so dm her go to the website we'll we'll make sure to link the website here if you just want have some questions and you need to see if this is the right fit for you book your 15 minute free consultation and go from there you don't need to sign up for a commitment but we can say that stelina is the real deal and she cares she has three little kids Mm -hmm. twins and a 13 month old like that is crazy like And you look refreshed and, you look and not tired. tired. So it is a lot of makeup on today, guys. Okay, like, I know. You look amazing. Thank you so much so for coming, nice. and hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Yeah, so Thank fun. you. This is so fun. Nice.